from Purgatory and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Aaron Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan, and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB all those years ago. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We'll reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today, we discuss season four, episode 15, Four Stories. Yes, indeed. Written by <laughs> Tom Kapanos, uh, directed by David Petrarca. This originally aired on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2001. It's Quite weird. I think it's like a misstep. Like they should have had last week's episode <laughs> on Valentine's Day. I do. I think that that's true. <laughs> also, there's a break next week. So I'm like, mm. yeah, why okay. do they just move it? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, description from Wikipedia. Pacey and Joey talk about their feelings the morning after they have sex and what it meant to Joey. Dawson comes to terms with the death of Br Mr. Brooks and is surprised to discover he has been named in his will. Meanwhile, as punishment for breaking into her hotel minibar during the class ski trip, Mr. Kasdan decides to send Jen to a psychologist where she can discuss her issues. Back in Capeside, Joey and Dawson's paths collide, and they spend an evening catching up on the past weekend and its many happenings. Dawson makes the state of Joey's virginity his business because he thinks of it as his property. He still thinks of it as his property. Did one of our listeners write that? <laughs> Joey struggles with Dawson's question about her virginity. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway... Good job, whoever did that. Uh, our history yeah. of mysteries. <laughs> um, February 12, 2001, the near Shoemaker spacecraft touches down in the, quote, saddle region of 4033 Eros, becoming the first spacecraft to land on an asteroid. Cool. Indeed. Um, February 13, 2001, a 6.6 .6 magnitude earthquake hits El Salvador, killing at least 400. God, that's a big earthquake. Jesus. I know. Um, February 16, 2001, British and U.S. forces carry out bombing raids attempting to disable Iraq's air defense network. Hmm. Um, February 18, 2001, NASCAR legend Dale Earnhardt dies in a last lap crash in the 43rd annual Daytona 500. Right. That was big. Mm -hmm. February 18, 2001, FBI agent Robert Hansen is arrested and charged with spying for Russia for 15 years. Wow. That's a big one. And February 19th, 2001, the 2001 United Kingdom foot and mouth outbreak begins. Wow. So <laughs> quite a week, quite a, quite a two week <laughs> period in that February. Um, number one movie is Hannibal. Uh, yeah. Hannibal broke Scream 3's record of 34.7 million for the highest weekend debut in February and Scary Movie's record of 42.3 million for the highest weekend debut for an R rated film. Um, number one song is the classic Miss Jackson by Outkast. Oh, yeah. Great song. Gosh. <laughs> I've been song. seeing this meme going around that's like, 
Once we can all agree that Outcast is better than the Beatles, then we can all finally start to heal. <laughs> it just really I mean, speaks to me. It speaks to me on a deep personal level. I'm on. I am here. I'm like, I'm, yes. Can we all agree on this? Like, yeah. Outcast is way better than the Beatles. My God. Yes. Um. <laughs> just what is it? Speaker box. The love below. Is it the love below? Yeah. I think um. So, that yeah. album alone is better than any Beatles yeah. album. Um, <laughs> yeah equipment is so good too yes yeah. atlians um so at number five we have jennifer lopez's love don't cost a thing classic classic at number 11 we have ja rule lil mo and vita with put it on me yes i'll ja never rule. I'll never think of Jaw Rule and not think of Firefest again. And I'd like to thank the heavens for that gift that just keeps on giving to us. Um, <laughs> that song oh, was also on the Fast and the Furious soundtrack. Right. I watch both of those Firefest do- F- Fire documentaries like every two months. Like it's, just... it's so funny, like a Ponzi scheme of festivals. I it's, fucking I'm, love it. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's so funny. <laughs> just fucking injected into my veins. Um, and at forty-one, we had oh, "What's Your Fantasy" by Ludacris, nice. um, okay. which is a disgustingly dirty song that I happen to love. <laughs> Um, and if you get me drunk enough, we'll sing, uh, without, without much prompting. Um, so there we go. It was a good, it was not a bad week. Uh, in... Yeah, we're getting into peak music again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say in Bill Clinton's America, but unfortunately, unfortunately we were in George Bush's America at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so at least we had one thing going for us. Um, but <laughs> so Aaron, we started the Spruce P- Pines Lodge. We got the name of it this time. Right. Um, and <laughs> everyone's like loading up on the bus. Yeah, Jen's yeah, yeah. hobbling, and Jack's carrying her bags, and he's like, "So are we okay?" Like, yeah. Ugh. And she's like, "Yeah, totally. Like, no worries." And she's like, "But what would have happened if we had had sex and I'd gone pregnant and we had an illegitimate child? Like, you know, what yeah. would have happened?" And Jack just says, well, one day we would have had to sit our child down and explain that mommy and daddy can't have sex unless daddy's thinking about Ryan Phillippe. And Jen's like, I mean, honestly, same. So great. (laughs) I love them so much. Like, it's cool that they don't have any awkwardness between them. Like, I love that for Jen, you know? Yeah, same. Um, Yeah. And so she goes to get on the bus and she like tries to hide from Mr. Kasdan like behind her hair she hides behind her hair it's hilarious (laughs) and then like he's just like okay like hello and she's like well what's the what's the verdict like what's my punishment yeah and And he said punishment I have something else in mind he says, I have the chicken soup that your soul is crying out for. And like, we just haven't referenced chicken soup for the soul on this podcast yet. Um, and wow, was that a time? <laughs> I mean, true, true. <laughs> I'm not an advocate of burning books, but I wouldn't mind those ones going away entirely. Leaving my life. Yeah. <laughs> so... And so- 
then we see Drew hobbling over with two bags. Anna's not there. We don't know what happened. Mm. And we find out it's fucking 6.30 a.m. <laughs> A wild. That's wild. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> Mr. Ka- like, I don't, I like, I don't understand. My brain like short circuited. Why would they do that? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. And Mr. And like, Drew's like, could you not speak to me, please? Until we go to Starbucks. Because Mr. Kazan's like, you're delaying our departure, Drew, you know? And then it, Mr. Kasdan calls him a punk before he gets on the bus, which really made me chuckle. Really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, accurate. And then he's like, all right. Mr. Kasdan's like, the only two people left are Pacey and Joey. And Drew, he's like, they're probably making out somewhere. Yeah. And Drew, we see like two people on the bus that literally look exactly like Pacey and Joey. Totally. What the fuck is happening? Totally. <laughs> and Drew points to them. And then like Mr. Kasdan's like, oh, okay. And they're like a doppelganger. Yeah, they're making like, out. The thing is, like, <laughs> you would know this then. Right. Mr. Kasdan would be able to identify that they're, oh, no, that's the other couple that looks exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, such an unbelievable premise. A hundred percent. Although my mother, my, we, not my mother, she was one of the chaperones, but it wasn't her fault. It was my teacher's fault. But um, we did leave two students uh, in Anaheim once when we were on a school trip to Disneyland. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and did not, did not realize it until we were in Button Willow, which um, oh if you know God. California, that's like really far. two, three hours away. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, they had to like fly home. They they got home faster yeah. than we did, so. I'm sure, yeah. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> so, you know, these people, like Drew sees that these aren't Pacey and Joey, but yeah, he's still Kasdan fucking does with Joey, like <laughs> yeah. indirectly to this day. Cool, totally. Cool. <laughs> totally. Awesome. And so then we, we cut, cut straight. over to the the hotel room with Pacey and Joey and they're like in bed like you know naked or whatever all over the place yeah and Pacey is like smiling so big he's so excited about this and he looks over at Joey and her face is all uncomfortable like yeah. awkward and it totally changes his mood too it like yeah. really broke my heart to be honest that like the show didn't let Joey have this moment like she has it for such a small second like when she wakes up before she like comes into any consciousness she smiles and then immediately realizes what happened and is like uncomfortable yeah and they just like don't talk and are quiet and it's like uncomfortable and i like yeah i'm like ooh, ooh, hate that it's so sad yeah it's so sad especially after how like exhilarating them having sex was you know yeah. you wish she could just fucking have this moment you know yeah, Why let her have one goddamn moment yeah yeah Ugh. so we go to the credits and then we come back and we get an on-screen text yeah that says about last night which is a movie starring demi moore rob lowe elizabeth perkins and john belushi from the 1980s mm-hmm. and roger ebert called it the movie that same elmo's fire should have been <laughs> <laughs> amazing <laughs> ebert no one gives a fucking shade like ebert man <laughs> anyway so pacey and joey are like at a vending machine in the bus station 
Is it the bus station or the lodge? It looks like a lodge, but I talk about it's like the bus station. Yeah. Like, did they just not have the set decorator to do this right? Or what the fuck's happening? Yeah, what's happening? We're not sure. Maybe there's a bus station in the lodge. We're not from the East Coast. We don't know how this shit works. (laughs) So she Joey's like, she's like, I thought we were going to have like some better breakfast. And Casey's like, look, I just had to drop hella money on the bus ticket and for that extra call to Bessie. So this is all we got, man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I have two questions for you, Aaron. Hmm. Number one, how does Pacey, who does not have a job, have this money? Like, we've realized he's rich. His family's rich. Okay. And number two, why does Joey not have any money since she does know. have a job? I don't know. That part really bothered me. She's all like grumpy that he's, like, not going to buy her a better breakfast. I'm like, bitch, you have a job. Like, yeah. you know, I know you're frugal and stingy, but, like, come on. Yeah. This is an emergency. <laughs> buy yourself okay. breakfast. Just, like, drop $7 on some pancakes. Get together, you know? Yeah, totally. And so, so Pacey's kind of, like, so... Did you tell Bessie? Joey's like, what? No. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, well, did you tell Gretchen? Well, and it's like, yeah, it's sad because in this moment we realize Joey doesn't have any friends. Right. Cause Joey, cause Joey is like, you know, I don't really know what I would say to these people. Like, and if you tell me to tell them that I'm a woman now, like I will projectile vomit on you, which I'm like into that. Don't say that. But like, you know, what I took away from it, too, is like having sex didn't miraculously solve the communication issues between these two people. <laughs> right. That's like definitely true. <laughs> it's like almost just made them worse, to be honest. Totally. Because like Joey doesn't have any friends. She doesn't want to tell. And, and like, pretty committed to like being mean to Pacey about like, quote, giving her giving up her virginity. <laughs> That's yeah. the way it seems absolutely i agree with you but also like she's like last time bessie even got a sniff that like maybe she was thinking about having sex she fucking melted down in front of paying customer in front of paying customers at her inn yes airbnb and then like gretchen is pacey's sister and she's like i'm not gonna tell your sister that i fucked her brother like they're kind of friends but not really you know so it's like okay like and also i don't think this is something you would tell someone like on the phone in a public bus station slash lodge lobby you know so like that's a little (laughs) bit weird but it just like highlights just like joey has no friends like who would she tell this to like why the fact that she cannot feels like she cannot tell Jen and I get it the logistics she wouldn't you know like yeah like she wouldn't call Jen and say anything but like she also wouldn't tell her right um also I just have to mention that Joey uses the word deflowered which is like my least favorite I know (laughs) she says what was I gonna tell Gretchen that her brother deflowered me and I was like no you weren't gonna say that (laughs) don't say that to anyone ever again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't please please petition please, to shut re- up petition to remove that word from the lexicon it is awful <laughs> seriously yeah yeah and so pacey's like fine fine like what would you say though yeah. like if you told if you told someone you know and like i don't know it's hard because like the writing of this exchange is very uncomfortable you know and like pacey is like kind of being weird but on the other hand like 
like we've said, they're not communicating. At so all. like you can see how he's like trying to establish new ways to communicate with her about something that they like have never been able to communicate with. He's like, okay, yeah. let me try it this way, you know? Yeah. Like, but also why don't like we talk I had in a... hypotheticals. What would you say? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, what has their morning been like? Like they what? All like they wouldn't you be having this conversation when you realize that you missed the bus? Do you know what I mean? Yes, like- <laughs> I feel like I would have, this would have gone completely different for me. Like, yeah, same, same. You know? Same. And you would just like, even if you had like some insecurities, like you could just like try to talk to about them, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's hard to see this. And like, again, I feel like the show is punishing Joey because she had sex. Absolutely. Which is like the sh- this show is want to do. Yeah, it likes to like, punish women for having sex. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like fuck this, fuck this, and they're making Pacey be like an agent of the patriarchy in order to punish her. You know, yeah. you're just like, oh, God, I hate watching this scene. So she, he's like, "What would you say?" And she's just like, "Oh, you're like a typical male. Just when I thought you weren't like a typical male, here you come." You know? Yeah. yeah. And like, and Pacey you know, says like everything. Everyone wants to know about their abilities in the sack, which like, <laughs> I I. I there's this like part of me that's like actually I don't know that that's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> some people are perfectly happy to not assess that at all. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, like, <laughs> so like I mean pro- like you know the bar is below the basement, but he has cleared that one. <laughs> I know. So. Yeah, he's just like I want to know that you had a good time, you know, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. we're in this like toxic sex culture of like the you know late nineties, early two thousands, where it's all about like male pleasure, and that's the yeah. only thing that would like mean that someone had a good time, you know. Right. So that's how they're kind of like framing this conversation, which is bizarre, but okay. Okay, so, so they like walk off to eat their pop tarts and then like yeah joey's like like, looking at magazines yeah and kate winslet on the cover yeah and again it's like all about like how to please a man you know and it's like sex is everywhere you know okay and pacey comes over and he holds up two hands and he's like pick a hand and then she picks one he's like okay pick the other one (laughs) and he opens it up and it's like little pink like chocolate chocolate hearts. hearts or whatever and he's like, I know it's not a fair exchange, chocolate for virginity, but like, I bought you something. And it's like, he's trying to be sweet, and she's still an asshole to him. And like, I can appreciate that he's trying to be sweet, but he's also like, let's, you know, I thought we should commemorate the event. And I'm like, can the exchange just be that you both love each other and had sex with each other? And like, you don't like, I mean, it's like a nice gesture, but like, (laughs) I hate the framing of this. Yeah. Like, it's hard because I can't tell if he's like, okay, she, there's something going on. So I need to do these grand gestures that usually calms her down. So let me try to do this or whatever. Um, but yes, I agree. It's like you wish it could just be like I'm. I had a great time last night. Thank you. I love you. Great. How <laughs> would be that? Yeah. And she's like, oh, if I thought we we're gonna get gifts, I would have asked for a car. And he's like, well, you can have the wig and wa- winter wagoneer, you know. Yeah. And she's just like, like he's going out of his way to like try to be nice to her, like you know. Well, what's so wild too is that like on the flip of a dime, she gets. A hundred percent less awkward. Like when they start bantering with each other, mm-hmm. like Katie Holmes and Josh Jackson's chemistry just like 
flies off the screen immediately. Yeah. And this in this very second when they start uh-huh. bantering about the car. Like, oh, yeah. if I knew there were gifts. Like then it's real yeah. cute. And they're like back to being this cute couple that we love. Exactly. Yeah. She's he's like, you look beautiful. And like she yeah. can't really take a compliment, but she's like charmed by this. It's very obvious, you well, know, and she totally banters with him. And like as soon as he says, like, cause she's like, Do you do I look like some two bit floozy to you? I don't want the Witter Wagoneer. And he's like, yeah. oh, and BPS, I do. Um, just I know. in case I haven't made that clear. <laughs> I um, wanted to. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And Pacey's like, No, you never looked more beautiful. And she kind of it does make her uncomfortable, but she kind of like sidles up to him and like snuggles yeah. into him a little bit. And then she's kind of like, but I didn't even get the chance to shower this morning, like, you know, and does that thing. And they kiss and then Paisley's like, or brush your teeth, which (laughs) grossed me the fuck out. And she just even like, if you okay. are late, you have time to brush your teeth. I know you're late for what? You've already missed the bus. So yeah. like, you know you have all the time now. Yeah, whatever. And she's like, and they kind it, of you know, and he's banter. just like, I could do this for the rest of my life with you as my partner. Yeah, this and sweetness ex- and sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, and it's so sweet. You know, he's so stoked that they've like taken this next step, and mm-hmm. he feels like they are like kind of at the next level of their relationship but like she doesn't it doesn't you don't get that from her yeah I feel a lot of regret coming from her I feel I don't know if I feel regret I feel a lot of discomfort um coming from her and like there's a part of me that gets that and then another part of me that's like it's a lot of discomfort Mm -hmm. so like what's going on here and she kind of is like did you ever think that you're the first of many? And then like, he makes this joke about being the Neil Armstrong of the bunch. And like, they just, it's like, it's actually really cute. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and my thing was like, I get that the day after can be awkward. Like, right. Definitely. Um, I mean, the day after having sex with someone, anyone for the first time, yeah. not like, yeah, not just the first person you have sex with. It can always be awkward. And so like, I do want to give them kind of space for that, but like, and I, and I like that, like, this scene, parts of it feel like they're getting their groove back after this, like, tense mm. few episodes. But also, it does, like, there's shit going on. Like, it doesn't feel full hearted. Yeah. yeah, like, they definitely you know? still feel, like, completely distant. Mm-hmm. And their relationship feels, like, on the rocks, to be honest. Totally. So they, we kind of go to a different room and they see a couple like making out. <laughs> yeah, like aggressively making out, you yeah. know? And they and kind Joey of smile. Joey obviously is like, like, yeah, she's like, you know, slut shamey. So she's like kind of weirded out by this. But then, oh God, this part happens. <laughs> yeah. Pacey's like, so, you know, normally after people have sex, there's like a morning after discussion, like a post game wrap up normally you've only had sex with three people you're not in a position to say what normally happens fuck off it's like when guys try to be like most girls do this and you're like oh you fucked all these girls (laughs) in the world you get to say that shit shut up god stop immediately shut up (laughs) and yeah so joey's like oh like okay you want to know if you were any good and pacey's like well i want to know if it was good for you and then we get we get it. Pacey's Joey's like, you being Pacey Witter, friend to women and all. <laughs> the first that was the first time he's called fr- the friend to women. And she just says like it was very nice. And he's like, nice. That's yeah. it. 
Ooh, I hate this. Ooh. Yeah, face my my man. <laughs> and she's like, you know, what's like, like what's, what's wrong, wrong with nice? nice? And he's like, well, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not great. It's not mind blowing. It's not transcendent. And like this really fucking hurts Joey. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? I, you're like, like, sorry, I didn't bring my thesaurus, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like scolding me about my vocabulary. Yeah. And like, yeah, like you're insecure, but like, you know, I have nothing to compare this to. Right. So like, I can't really call it those things. Cause like, I don't, I honestly don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then Pacey's like, there are certain benchmarks one can achieve. And Joey's like, are you asking who wrote this? Like, oh, my God. Is, the, is this man. what Tom said after he a took man. someone's virginity? Did Tom say this to a girl? I mean, girl. <laughs> so uncomfortable. Like, and it's like placing a woman to define her pleasure so a dude can feel like a man. Like, ugh. I'm, well, I'm, I mean, I, I have so many things about this because like. I, good sex does not always involve an orgasm like you can have plenty good sex and not have an orgasm and that's like totally okay it can be good still yeah mm -hmm. sure are orgasms nice absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who doesn't like one but but those two things aren't always hand in hand particularly the first time you know what i mean like Right. And like she's already said, she's like, and she's already in insecure about she's like, I have little sexual experience. This is my first time. So like all of these things, she doesn't really know how to define what they are, nor discuss them, you know, and right. we're coming from a world where like, the tools that we've only been told, we don't have education about how to have healthy relationships or good communication. We only have education of like, sex will kill you. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so those are Here's the tools a condom. We have. It's like yeah. that scene from Mean Girls. Don't have sex. Yeah. <laughs> if you have sex, you will get AIDS and you will die. You will die. Everyone, everyone clear. Here's condoms. Like exactly. that's like that's like 100%. literally how it is. Yeah. You don't like really. We have no curriculum for how to have healthy relationships, how to have healthy boundaries, mm. how to have good communication. You know. Yeah. So all she's been taught is like you got to be prepared. As we've already established, very unhelpful thing to say. Yep. <laughs> um, and then you might die. <laughs> <laughs> Period. The end. Because Pacey's like, well, it might not be important to you. Because Joey's like, you know, I don't want to talk about this. And it's like not important. And Pacey's like, well, it might not be important to you, but it's really important to me. And and like, like I said, there's this part of me that's torn on this. Like, I love that Pacey cares if his partner had a good time. Like, yeah, that again, the bar is in the toilet. I, I understand that. But he is passing that bar. Like he's, I know. <laughs> he's hopping <laughs> over so that bar that's in the toilet. I, and so one must give him a few props. But like. First off, Pacey, if you don't know the answer to that question, the answer is most likely no. I know. It's like on you, man. Come on. <laughs> like, and the fact that you don't know the answer to that question and are asking this question makes me think that you're not all that experienced in this realm also. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you could just be inexperienced together and like figure yeah, it is out together. You could share. Yes. <laughs> Just saying, just saying. And, you know, Joey's and just she's like, just like, yes, you're insecure, but have you, you're not considering my feelings. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe I'm wondering how I measure up. Like you've had sex with two other people that you really loved and we're just like, oh God, sorry. It's okay. that one's hard. That one's hard yep. to swallow. 
He's had sex with one other person who's really loved and one person that took complete and utter advantage of him. Exactly. Is how I would like to read that. Yeah. (laughs) Just so we're clear. And then Pacey's like, I didn't know girls thought like that. What? What? (laughs) That's like... Okay. I mean, it blows my mind, you know? And Joey... But Joey kind of like comes back like super pissed and was like you know what pacey you were great you were fantastic you were every glowing adjective under or or no pacey says that to joey you were great you were fantastic you were ever every glowing adjective under the sun and then he's like you know i want to run out and tell the world who i like what happened last night and who i did it with and then joey is like pissed and is like she's like you're not not gonna do that do that are you yeah (laughs) I don't want the entire world to know that w- about my sex life. Yeah, it's and private. And Pacey's like, right, right, right. We've already discussed this. And Joey's speak that your entire world means Dawson. I mean, Aaron, just shoot this narrative dead. I am so over it. It's hard because, like, the thing is, it's fucking true. She has insecurities about Dawson. Yeah. Why can't they fucking talk about it? She I talks know. to everyone else about it. Absolutely. And, you know, she is kind of like, I don't want him to be any more hurt than, like, I don't want to hurt him any more than I already have. And my note is like, I was on your side. I (laughs) I was on your side, Joey. (laughs) He already is hurt. This narrative was what destroyed last season and what destroyed your friendship with Dawson is that you're like, I don't want to hurt him. He's already hurt. You got to make a decision. Like, you just got to like, you know what? Own up to your actions. That's it, Joey. You chose yeah. Pacey. You fucking did. God bless you. But like you did, pa- that hurt Dawson, and that's it. The end. Continuing to prioritize, like I don't want to hurt him. He's already fucking hurt, girl. So now what you're saying is I don't want to hurt him. I'm gonna hurt Pacey. She right. already knows in her head that that's the narrative. She laid it out at the end of season three, and she still perpetuates it, and like at the expense of Pacey. But also, I mean, yes, to all that, but also, like, you two fucking each other has nothing to do with Dawson, (laughs) who, by the way, if you'll all recall, has a girlfriend. Has a girlfriend! (laughs) I mean, that's hard for me to swallow. And Pacey's like, well, I don't want to hurt him either, but, like, I want to have sex with my girlfriend, who I adore, without worrying about what's going to happen if he finds out. I'm right there with you, Pacey. I want yeah. that for both of y'all. I want Joey to fuck this person she loves and have it be about her and about yep. what she wants. You yep. know, yep. I, d- I don't want Doss having this control over this experience that she just had that has nothing to do with him. Yeah, agreed. So Pacey then asks her what she would say to Dawson if he were here right now and he asked her. And, and she gets all snotty on her face mm-hmm, and she's mm-hmm. like, well, I would have to tell him the truth. And Pacey's like, oh, is is that really what you would do? And just stone cold. She's like, yes, absolutely. And it's sad because you see on his face, he doesn't believe her, but he's like, fine, I have to believe what she says. Yeah. But then he says this thing. He goes, you know, you haven't touched me. You haven't touched me all morning. And here I was thinking, sex brought people closer together and i'm like first of all fuck this like fuck you for saying that like let her process 
this thing that like was so big you fought about it for like months mm-hmm. and you know she was terrified and then also she absolutely has touched you we literally just saw you guys kiss so i don't know <laughs> i don't know what you're saying and joey i would argue rightly gets up throws her chips at him and leaves <laughs> and like girl i, it's I feel hard that because like they're both fighting about dawson and like taking it out on like you know they can't communicate about it because yeah. joey hasn't given the space to be honest about it you sure, know sure and like so Pacey's like, okay, she's lying to me, but I want to take her at her word. So then he like gives a dig at her, yeah. you know, and she kind of does the, additionally the same thing in these other ways too. Yeah. And it's just fucking hard to watch. Like Dawson is still in their relationship. It's like, it's like you kind of feel like maybe what Princess Di felt where like Camilla's yeah. always there, you know, it's yep. fucking hard. Yep. <laughs> Dawson is the Camilla Parker Bowles of this relationship. <laughs> I'm here for this narrative. <laughs> Please, someone hire Emerald Fennell to play him in the TV movie. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, J- so he follows her outside. Like she leaves, yeah, he's, like dies, and he follows her out. Yeah, and she's outside bulking, and he sits down, and she's crying. Oh yeah, like fully crying. Yeah, and we're supposed to get in this moment Joseph Arth- Arthur's song "In the Sun," which is a song I fucking love. It is an absolute tragedy that they've taken it out here. Um, and you you probably recognize it from like five other television shows it was like a real staple in the early aughts <laughs> um, but Pacey comes up to her and he's like you know and she just says to him like you want to know why it was so nice yes that's what she's been he's been asking <laughs> why couldn't you drop the, like why couldn't she have this conversation before like fighting with him because she's joey potter and like as soon as he reacted to her saying the word nice she had to like defend herself instead of saying hey this is what i meant by that so now she's gonna say it yeah you probably don't remember but when you were above me like when we were you know having sex you were above me and you brushed my hair over my forehead and it was like it felt really nice it made me feel safe like no matter what you were going to be there and protect me and she says, you know, years from now, when I look back, I'm not going to remember the clumsy positioning or the awkward morning after or whether it met the textbook definition of great sex. I'm going to remember how sweet you are and how you took me to this brand new place. Um, and she says, you know, I'm really glad I had sex and I'm really glad I had sex with you. It's like hard because I remember this scene and being like, wow, that's really nice. You know, yeah, <laughs> like same. that is a good that is experience. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but it's like, why do we have to go? Why does it take so much for her to like open up to Pacey right. and be honest with him? You know, like it's hard to watch, to be honest. Like after all, they're almost together a year now. I agree with you. And I think I... I think it's the writing. I think it's the problem is the writing. You know, I think that there was all like, like this show didn't know how to like have people not have conflict. Yeah. And make a, and I, and I don't want to just blame Dawson's Creek. Cause I think this was a problem on a lot of television shows mm-hmm. for a very long time is like this thing of like, people have to have conflict and have to be at odds with each other and like yeah otherwise who will want to watch it and you're like what (laughs) right well and i always think of like i think of like like the ross and rachel of it all right like they're together for a year and then you break them up 
mm-hmm. for a reason that's actually pretty good, but like kind of comes up arbitrarily. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And then like, and then shoot to like Pam and Jim on the office or like, or like Amy and Jake on Brooklyn nine, nine or something like that, which is these like couples that like once they like, they yeah, it's Rocky to get them together. But mm-hmm. once they get together, like, it's not that they don't have problems, but yeah, we'll like, just do a Ross and Rachel parallel of Monica and Chandler. Like then right. it's like, okay. Yeah. It's a <laughs> we bumpy, can see like a, like more or less healthy relationship and still be compelled by a show, you know? Absolutely. And actually sometimes it's fun, more fun and funnier to have these two people together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And to not have them at odds and to not have them constantly fighting. Um, and I, I would much rather see that. Like, and there's totally. it's such a, it would be such a contrast between how Dawson and Joey just fought all the time. And yeah. like, that she kind of settles in with Pacey. Yeah, that he, she like can be this good person. We only just see her being mean to the people she loves. Well, and not just that, but like she can be fun and she can be like, mm-hmm. you know, she doesn't have to always have this like heaviness on her. And And I'm not like criticizing that. I think this is a, teenager with a hell of a lot on her shoulders right like that pacey brings out a lightness in her um Mm -hmm. and i and i think that's what i love so much about their storyline in season three and even at the beginning of season four right exactly they bring out this lightness in each other but that seems to have gone away exactly yeah um because she says you know now i just want to go home (laughs) and then like and and kind of like you know it was really nice and I'm glad I did this yeah and like but now I would like to go home and yeah. he smiles at her and she sort of pulls him closer and and then like kind of cheekily yeah. is like so we can do it again <laughs> <laughs> I mean get it get it Joey exactly you know and you just kind of wish like that was the story that happened now mm-hmm. where like of course there's an awkwardness but it didn't have to take so much pulling to get it out of her you know and I just hate that she doesn't want to talk about Dawson you know the thing it's fucking true Pacey brought it up before they've been constantly bringing out all season but it's like Dawson will always have a part of your heart why are you so scared to admit that to Pacey he already knows it to be true so you don't have to admit it you just have to agree (laughs) that that is actually the truth right and you constantly just lie to him about that instead of just saying you're right that's it. Yeah. And but you have a larger piece of my heart or like my heart grew when I met you or whatever yeah. the fuck. Like, you know, yeah. it's just like that's I was what happened. And then you made my heart grow with three yeah. sizes. <laughs> we can love multiple people. We, people have several kids, you know, like, yeah. you, you know, you have tons of friends. Like, come on. Yeah. Like it, it's like I get the insecurity, but at the same time, like, you know, duh, you didn't be in love multiple people out through a lifetime it's just sure. so bizarre and she won't talk to him about it it's so fucking whack <laughs> it's wild it is um and so we go to the next vignette which is called the big picture and we are supposed to get a great music cue of the counting crows song colorblind which mm. is a song that I that's, it's so good. That's like a is cruel intentions from, um, song. Uh, uh, what's it called? Cruel intentions. Cruel intentions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when yeah, Reese Witherspoon is coming up yes, the escalator exactly. and yes, Ryan yes, Phillippe yes. is waiting for her. Like iconic, iconic, iconic. Yeah. So like, so it's funny that it's supposed to be here because I'm like, oh, that's a cruel intentions song. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, we we go to Mr. Brooks's house where like Dawson and Gretchen are pulling up. Yeah, Dawson's like, driving 
Gretchen's car. <laughs> yeah. And Graham's, whatever. whatever. Graham's told Dawson to meet her here after the funeral. Yeah. And, and so they like. Yeah. And kisses him and she's just like, it's going to be better. Like, I promise it's going to yeah. be okay. And they wonder like what Graham's wants, you know? Yeah. And she's like, meet me at the, yeah, the garage. So yeah. They walk in and like, but wasn't he cleaning out the garage? I don't know. I thought he was cleaning out the attic. Oh, okay. Okay. So. It's- they Failed. walk in. Grams is literally holding a gun, a prop, <laughs> a prop gun. And she's like, "It's a prop," and she's like, "Maybe I could use this to keep my granddaughter in line," which made me chuckle. <laughs> me too. She was so funny. I know. I'm like, "What's this like wild like Evelyn Ryan sitcom that's happening?" Right I love now? it. I love it. I'm here for it. Evelyn and Jen are in two different sitcoms, but yes, two sitcoms nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> so like. You know, Grams is just like, look, this is his whole archive. Like, he collected all this memorabilia from his movies. And, like, she's like, you know, it was a lovely service. And Dawson is just, like, not ha- p- big turnout, too. Like, super. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Gr- Gramps, <laughs> it's like, sad. And Gretchen steps in. And she's like, it was really lovely, you yeah. know, Miss Ryan. Like, and is there anything we can help with? Yeah. And Grams is like, I wonder what we can do with all this stuff. Like, maybe we can donate it. And Dawson's like, he's processing his grief in a different way, obviously, because yeah. he feels so connected to Mr. Brooks and he's scared yeah. that he'll end up like that. Yeah. And Dawson's like, no one knew he even existed. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, Dawson, definitely donate this to USC or the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. They will definitely take it. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what? It's like a hell of shit, you know? Yeah. Like, okay. Grams is just like, well, maybe there's something you would like, Dawson. <laughs> And he just like storms out and he walks Gretchen out of the room to follow him. And Grams is like, let me do it. <laughs> and then we get this crane shot of Dawson from behind. But yeah. it's like we got a similar shot at the end of season two yes. when Joey left him standing at mm-hmm. the edge of the creek. Yes. We're going to get this shot. I, I want to guess like two to three more times before the series is done. Once a season, I swear. Yeah. yeah. Like, how many times are we going to see Dawson from behind with, like, a giant crane shot? Didn't we already have it this season with two gentlemen of Cape Side? Oh, maybe. The end? Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was him and Pacey walking in opposite directions, yeah. but similar, similar yes. uh, vibe. So, Grams comes out and, like, you know, Dawson apologizes to her for being he- rude growth i love it we see an actual (laughs) legitimate apology Mm -hmm. i fucking loved it i know and you know he just like tells her like why would you like want to be here today like why do you want to subject yourself to this and grams narrative where he already has put like he already put this on grams like in a previous episode of like he's dying why would you want to do this and grams has already explained herself so he's still perpetuating this narrative that grams is like that narrative is untrue but Whatever. Right, whatever okay and Grams just drops this truth bomb and is like you know Dawson we both have lost a dear friend and the pain of that loss isn't gonna just disappear anytime soon a hundred percent and she's like you know if I've learned anything at my age it's the importance of closure in the grieving process mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dawson's just like well it's not the closure that's bothering me it's something else are they yeah. talking about Joey's virginity <laughs> I don't think so, but but in this show, God knows. 
<laughs> I didn't go there. Because last but... time we talked about Mr. Brooks dying, it was actually about Joey's virginity. So is that the something else that's bothering him? I'm not sure. <laughs> he's he's like psychic that he knows. He's like has a beacon, a radar out yeah. there. <laughs> a pulse went out into the universe the second Joey lost her virginity. And yeah. I know. Well, something else is bothering him, not mm. Mr. Brooks's death. So yeah. the death of another character, perhaps. Oh, God. Um, and Grams is like, you know what? Why don't you just take some time, take some space, and just, just give it a think? Yeah. Yeah. Figure out how to say goodbye. Yeah. And I mean, true. <laughs> yeah. So he goes back into the garage, and Gretchen's like, hey, look at what I found. It's a screenplay. And they look at it and Dawson's like oh he must have wrote this when he was like my age yeah and they start to read it and it's super cute it's, it's like so more cute. it's more noir which is like yeah. Dawson's vibe I guess it's about dames and skirts and whatever <laughs> yeah and, and like at some Gretchen, point Gretchen like kisses him because and they're kind of like having fun you yeah, know it's like ooh, that was in the script and um you know and and she's like you know what Mr. Brooks was really sweet yeah and, and- Dawson was like, he was once upon a time before he gave it all up. <laughs> yeah, because he and Dawson is like having a real problem with the fact that like five people showed up for Brooks's funeral and he mm-hmm. starts like melting down and he's like, you know, three of those people didn't even really know him. It's like you and yeah. my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like he only had two people that knew him. And like if I hadn't crashed his boat, no one would have been at his funeral. And yeah. like Dawson's like, that's like pathetic. Yeah, and we see Dawson is just having this existential crisis of, like, this is what happens when you're, like, pretty black and white and myopic, is that, like, if you're, like, Joey, I never want to be your friend again because you've moved on, you're going to end up not having any friends, you know? And, like, it's fine to make that choice to be, like, I don't know if I could trust Pacey and Joey. That's fine. But, like, you know, to be so rigid about everything is going to lead to like potentially not having any friends additionally choosing your career over anything else will affect your personal life absolutely that's what dawson is grappling with in this moment yeah i do too because because but gretchen makes this great point of like i don't think brooks needs your pity like this guy saw his dreams come true and not everyone gets that yeah. And like, and Dawson's like, no, but like, you know, what does he have to show for it? Like, this garage is it. Like, this is the entire life. It's just this garage full of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's only stuff, you know? Yeah. And he, he's like, you know, I just don't want to end up like that. At one point, he woke up and he re- decided it was easier to stop caring. Right. And it's like, it's, it, that might be a true assessment, but you've already made that assessment. So don't do that. You know? <laughs> right. When he's like, you know, what's to prevent any of us from ending up like that? And like Gretchen says, you know, that's not you. And then Dawson says, why not? I lost the girl. And I'm like, Dawson oh Leary, God. did you he's just say that to your girlfriend? Oh my God. Why is Gretchen put up with this? She's such Gre- a punching bag to Dawson. I mean, Gretchen does not walk out of this room and out of Dawson's life for a good, which is absolutely what she should do at this moment. Yeah. Like she just like, like he's a good guy, but he's like still like kind of putting her as less than like, yeah, you'll be Joey Potter. Right. Which is fucking disgusting. <laughs> that sucks 
And so Gretchen's like, you know, you what like you, you but you like you picked yourself up, you moved on. Yeah. And my th- my question is, has he that he just said that to you? <laughs> I don't know. I know. I mean, he's definitely trying to. So like yeah. that's what she's seeing, you know. And he's like she says to him like, "You know what made me fall for you? It's when we watched that movie." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, turn away my sweet." And she's like, "Yeah, like just watching you and how excited you were and like how much you like loved film. You came alive in a way I'd never seen before. I just wanted to be a part of that." So it's kind of like in a weird way like Mr. Brooks brought us together. Right. Exactly. And like then Dawson finally like looks up at her and just says, "I like you," which I I'm sorry, but someone saying that will never not melt my heart i don't even it's if it's really Dawson. cute i think it's so cute like he's like <laughs> definitely moving on so he's not ready to say he loves you but he loves her because i don't think he does but he's just like it's like this real like display of affection that we rarely get to see from dawson you know yeah, like yeah especially since the only time we really saw him say he loved joey was um in anger you know yeah exactly and out. and like just but he just like says it so like He's like, man, I like you. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then he goes on this big diatribe about how much he likes Gretchen. She's like, why? (laughs) Yeah. He just lays out that she's beautiful and smells good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that doesn't hurt to hear. That doesn't hurt to hear. He's definitely cute to her, you know? Yeah. and, and she's, she's like, oh, you have no idea what you're doing, do you? <laughs> and he's like, no. And she's like, good, keep it that way. Yeah, you might use your powers for evil one day. And it's like, let's track that, you know? Yeah, let's. Um, and then Dawson, like, asks to be alone. And Gresham's like, yeah, no problem. Like, take your mm-hmm. time. I'll be outside. And she's just like, do me one favor, though. Remember Brooks for, like, fun person he was over the last couple of months, you know? Like, just remember yeah. him that way. And it's true. Like, Dawson is so fixated on this part of that he didn't even know of Mr. Right. Brooks, you know? And, like, there's a way in which we all can change. Just because Mr. Brooks changed at the end of his life doesn't mean he shouldn't get credit for that. Well, and, he, and you know, Gretchen's like, you know, remember how sweet he was to Grams? And remember how, like, when he saw us under the mistletoe, he was like, stop flirting and kiss her already. Like, mm-hmm. that's the guy to remember, you mm-hmm. know? The person you actually knew, Dawson. Not, like, yeah. this idea of who you thought he was. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which as is what Dawson-, Dawson needs to learn, the lesson of, like, remember people as they are. <laughs> yeah. Not, not the way as you, you wish they were. Yeah. Yeah, or the person you've made them up in their your head. Totally. So she leaves and like Dawson finds this turn away my sweet movie poster. And then as he's like looking through stuff, this guy comes in and he's handling the estate Mm -hmm. and he asked Dawson to come by his office because he needs to talk to Dawson about Mr. Brooks's will. (laughs) Yeah. And Dawson's kind of shocked at this, which is like unbelievable. Like what? Mr. Brooks put you in charge of killing him. Like, come on. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, I'm and so, in will and you're like, of course you fucking are. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. So Dawson's like, yeah, you know, and kind of tells the guy, like, oh, this guy was a pain in the ass, but he was a friend and like I'm gonna miss him. Yeah. You know, and he, he was like, you know, and I'll come to the office later on. Yeah. So. Dawson looks around and he picks up a hat and he hangs it on a hook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we go to the next vignette, which is called Excess Baggage, which, which is a classic with Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone, Benicio Del Toro movie, who my friend Olivia's dad, who is also a friend of mine, Mark Haskell-Smith, wrote. Um, cool. And my friend Olivia does, definitely has, like, 
stories of being on that set when she was a little kid awesome <laughs> so, um I, I loved that movie I was like obsessed with it I rented it all the time <laughs> yeah it's not good but it's, I definitely saw it a lot of times yeah I would consider it a classic <laughs> but in in like you know in that yeah. way yeah, yeah. Um, and so anyway, we get Jen coming in this door, and there's like this comedy music playing. Like <laughs> Jen, oh, like I said, Jen's in her own sitcom. I know, I know. Like this doesn't make sense. This no. scene, like it does. I get it. Whatever, but like, yeah, it's like they just plopped it in. They're like Jen. They're like Michelle Williams is filming a movie. We got her for one day. Let's make it count. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she like, you know, to the Seinfeld music or whatever. It's like yeah. she goes into this office and like buzzes a buzzer and like a guy comes in and brings her comes out and brings her into a room and hey, yeah. Jen's at therapy. Yeah, his name's Tom Frost and it's like a classic therapist office and Jen's uncomfortable and the doctor points out, "Oh, you've never been to therapy." <laughs> okay i was like i do not buy that for one i don't either she kind of does acknowledge that she's like i know that's kind of weird and kind of hard to believe and i'm like yes it is yeah she says i know it's surprising i've never been and i'm like okay i'm glad the writers understand that like this rich girl from new york who was acting out absolutely would have immediately been put into therapy (laughs) oh my gosh it is unbelievable and yeah and also for like her communication style it feels like she's had a lot of therapy but yeah absolutely apparently she hasn't okay so she just, just read go chicken with soup it. for the soul yeah okay I'm just, I'm just kidding that book is way beneath Jen so um so anyway she's like you know she kind of tells him about the ski trip and like you know the teacher caught us throwing away liquor bottles mm-hmm. and then like she spills the beans on like what happened between her and Jack on the trip mm-hmm. you know and it's like there's this whole thing where like Jen's kind of like, well, what are you writing down? Like she's like wandering yeah, around the like, office. You know, she's again, she has admitted she's never been to therapy. So she's like she doesn't trust this person, which is yeah. a common experience. You have to sure. build trust with your therapist, you know. Uh-huh, but this guy's like definitely using tactics that I don't think are like helpful. Therapy tactics. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> He's just this like This is not how my therapy sessions go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, exactly. I you building trust with any of the therapists I've been to have not gone this way. Yeah, <laughs> um, same. You know, like if you try to like use this style and it doesn't work then you do a different one you know because everything she asks he's like well what do you what do you think what do you want you know and like doing this is that important to you yeah exactly yeah why do you she's like oh where did you go to school and he's like why why do you want to know that you know like i know like like, not in an accusatory way just in a yeah like and those are questions that your therapist would answer also i don't know why you would ask that but yeah sure um so Jen then like breaks something in his office. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, you went to like whatever school," and she finds his diploma and like accidentally knocks it off the wall. And she's like trying to put it back on, and he's like, "Okay, come on, yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Just leave it there." Like you know, like what about your parents? Let's talk about that. And she's like, "Well, I've dealt with it because like now I have Grams and my friends." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, "You know, they suck, but like I'm over it, basically." Yeah, and like you know, proving what they suck but i'm over it proves pretty definitively that she indeed does need therapy i know yeah and the, the doctor i don't know he's a doctor tom frost is like 
Well, teenagers often confuse knowledge with wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) Sick burn, Tom Frost. (laughs) And she's shook at this suggestion. And he, like, apologizes if he's offended her. And then he, like, looks over at the clock and she's like, oh, am I boring you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she gets up to leave and she's like, I don't think we're a good match, you know? This line of question is super irritating. And he's like, all right, if you want to leave, you can leave. And she's like, well, actually, I can't leave. And he's like, no, I'll I'll sign the paperwork for your school if you want to leave, you know? Yeah. And then she, like, has this moment. She, like, goes to walk out the door and then turns and is like, am Mm -hmm. I totally screwed up? And he does this trope of the therapist thing that I hate. I hate this I know. It's so annoying. Because he's like, he does the thing where he's like, oh, I've got you all figured out in the first two seconds. And he just says to her... I think the smart, sarcastic exterior masks a scared, lonely young woman whose relationship with her parents is scarred her in ways she hasn't yet begun to process. And and then he's like, you know, when the parental relationships are strained this early, it can send a person into destructive behavior, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. drinking drugs yeah. and sexual you know, relationships. And he's like, you know, I don't know why you're here, but I would really love to help you find yeah, out. Yeah, he's like, you don't trust men, and it's probably safer to be in love with Jack because he can't return the desires. Yep. And then, yeah, and he's like, but that's all just psychobabble. And you're like, yes, it's so annoying. I mean, obviously, these are all things that we know to be true about Jen, you right. know, but we've known her for like four years now. So it's right. like, yeah. okay. Um, and she like sits back down, and then she says, and she sits down so like her back is to him, right? Which I've never been a classic thing where she like lays down on the couch. Yeah. (laughs) I've never done that, but I've never done that either. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) And I always am looking at my therapist, but, um, but she's like, I, you know, I saw the, I see your whole reverse psychology thing. And he like stifles a laugh. Like he's pretty like, he kind of likes her, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, all right you've got me for an hour, but I'm not promising anything. And he's like, all right, where do you want to start? And she starts like explaining her friendships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and that's the whole Jen vignette. Okay. (laughs) Jack's not involved. Um, Okay. You know, like I'm grateful she's going to therapy. Sure. Because she definitely needs it, but it's like a weird thing and like a weird way to like bring back like the, the storytelling of mental illness. It's like, it just feels like unresearched. Yeah, I agree. Um, So then we go to the fourth vignette, the fourth and final of the four stories. Um, And it's called Seems Like Old Times. And we go to the movie theater that's playing. Yeah, and like, so this whole story is like completely different in terms of like art direction, Mm -hmm. like film, color. Mm -hmm. It like feels a little bit old. And we're like supposed to be in Cape Side, but we go to places we've literally never seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, So cool. This is weird and out of place. And like, is it a dream? I hope so, because this is a really terrible storyline that we're about to have. Right. We go to a theater that's playing His Girl Friday, which yeah. I, I do recommend that movie. Um, Rosalind Russell, and it's like amazing. supposed to be the Rialto, we assume, but it doesn't look like the Rialto that well, we've Well, but seen. the Rialto got tore down in right. season two after, right. after their first date. They say that it's getting torn down. But like, so I don't think it is the Rialto, but I think it actually is the same theater front that they right. use for the Rialto. Well, they go to the movie theater, like Andy goes on that date at the movie theater. But yeah. Oh, right, right, right. So anyway, so so the song that is supposed to be here is Al- Elvis Costello singing the Georgian Ira Gershwin classic song, But Not For Me. 
Okay. Um, which, uh, if you need any versions of that song, I'm also a fan of the Chet Baker and Ella Fitzgerald versions. And I didn't know that Elvis Costello did this, but I love it because I love Elvis Amazing. Costello. Yeah. So, um, so Joey... Joey's just walking around downtown by herself. Okay. And she runs into sure. Dawson just like standing there at the Rialto. Like they yeah. bump into each other, right? Or were they planning on meeting up? No, they, no, they bump into each other. Like, yeah. She... Okay he's going to see the movie and she That's like walks thought, by him and then goes weird. Dawson. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and she, he's just like, I just felt like getting lost in a crowd. And she like apologizes him to him for everything that happened. She's like, you know, helping him with his grief. Like, I'm so yeah. sorry. And he's like, Oh, thank you. How is the ski trip? She panics. She's like, Oh, it was fine. Jen bruised her foot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Dawson laughs and is like, he's trying to be like a good friend to her. And yeah. he's like, how did you and Pacey have fun, you know? Yeah. And like, this is like a good step for him to like be friends with her again. But she doesn't take it like that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, everything was fine. Yeah. And he's like, oh, good. Okay. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to, should we go see a movie then? And then she, she's like, would you rather, do you think like maybe we could go someplace and talk? And she, and he's like, yeah, yeah. I'd actually really like that. Yeah. So this is when I was like, did they make plans to meet up? This is why I was like a little bit confused. No, I think, I think they just he's ran. like, we should go see the movie. And it's like, she's walking. He didn't even say, what are you doing right now? But whatever. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Okay. So we're supposed to get this fifties music cue of heart and soul by Bruce Patch right here. I, I couldn't find that anywhere. So I'm going to put a different heart and soul in okay. here. But, um, Honestly, they go to this diner that I don't know if I've said it on this podcast before, but I just want to tune them out from a diner more than I want anything else in this world at the moment. Um, and this made it's me like, yeah, like it's weird because of the lighting and everything. We've never yeah. seen them go to a diner before, which like kind of seems like that would be their vibe. Like they seem like diner, diner people, people, you know, mm-hmm. but they're in this like classic old school, like 50s esque diner. Yeah, it's like an old train in car diner almost or that is like, yeah. I don't understand why this is like the button of this episode, I, this final I. story. But like, OK, nor do okay. I. Okay. But they're chilling. They're having some coffee, chatting. He's just like, hey, can I tell you something? that It's not like a secret. I just haven't told anyone. And she's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, what? And he's like, Mr. Brooks put me in his will. And Joey's like, yeah, that's wild. Did he leave? Does that mean he left you money? And Dawson's like, yeah, he did. It's kind of weird. And Joey's Joey's like, like, you're kidding me. (laughs) She says, you're kidding me. And I'm like, no, no, Joey, because that's how the world works. Dawson, who does not need money, just inherited it. A lot of it sounds like, too. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Dawson's like, you know, he told me I'm supposed to do something great with it. And apparently his the will read, Mr. Leary, this is the money with which one achieves greatness. So don't go blowing it on women and booze. But should that be your choice? Make sure it's great women and great booze, which actually is. <laughs> I love I it. I loved it. <laughs> it's so cute. I know. <laughs> And he's like, I don't know what to do with it. I could pay my whole college tuition. And you're like, your parents are already paying that. I don't understand what's happening. Okay. Um, And then Joey just states the obvious. And she's like, you could make a movie with it. Hello. And he's like, yeah, maybe. And then, oh, God, it's it's just going to take this turn. Wait, I, w- I do want to say before it takes the turn, because he says it mm-hmm. feels weird to spend it. Like, it's one thing if I won the lottery, but there's a pressure. And like, 
because like someone died to give me this money and yeah. I have never related to Dawson Leary so much <laughs> in my life. That shit is no joke. <laughs> like for real, that, that is a real feeling that one mm-hmm. that, I mean, I have had. Um, right. And then, yeah, I, my note is Dawson does the thing that I hate that only happens on television. <laughs> oh my God. It's so fucked up. I hate this storytelling. He looks at her and he's like, you look different. What? Because she quote lost a made up thing. Yeah. You don't fucking look different. Oh my god, this is so gross. It's so fucking gross. The only way she'd look different if she had a huge hickey on her neck or something like that. Yeah, like, and then she still wouldn't even look different because that meant that that's their vibe. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like come on. Oh my god, this is so gross. And this is really toxic and scary for girls because like we live in fear of like everyone will know that yeah. I'm no longer this made up thing. And somehow I'm unpure and like not a quote good girl. Yeah. Ugh, this is so gross. Yeah. And Joey kind of stops and she's like, meh, you know, uh, uh, and she's like, we, what, should, should we get out of here? Like <laughs> he, he continues. He's like, it's something, I don't know. Is it your hair? <laughs> no, those bangs are still not fully grown out though. And she's like, no nothing's changed and he's like it's not a bad difference it's just like i don't know and she's like can we get the fuck out of here yeah and dawson kind of has this awkward pause where you like see him kind of think about something for a second and then like we cut out to them on the swing set where they had their second kiss at the beginning of season two. Yeah. And their first date. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, last time we were here, it was like different. And then Joey's kind of like, man, we thought things were complicated then. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And she apologizes to him. And I was like, Oh my God. If you think she's sorry for fucking Pacey, she's not. Thank God. Or maybe she is, but. She no, she's like, that. I think she's saying sorry again for hurting him. Yeah. Like, it last year. Yes. Which, like, oh, my God, get over it. And and he just says, like, well, he says, I've, I, it's okay, I've dealt with it. Because that's what he's saying. Like, he's yeah, yeah, thinking yeah. that he's saying. And she's like, no, 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 not about that. And she says, you know, I'm apologizing because I should have been there for you this weekend. And, like... I want to dig into this a little bit because I feel like the show simultaneously gets things very wrong and very right. Mm -hmm. Like, and somehow in this scene, like they get this thing very right in that, like these are two people that have grown into a different phase of their friendship. It is not better. It is not worse. It is just different. Yeah. Their friendship is completely different now. And like, that's okay. It's like, I know. And it's like, they're, like, I feel like in this moment, he's okay with that. And she's still wishing they had their old friendship. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, and, you know, at the same time, like, I think that her being like, oh, I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you. It's like, it's that part of it feels so wrong to me. Like, yeah, why would you have been there? I know. And, and, if, like, and if you had wanted to, you would have done it. You know what I mean? Like, she's, yeah. like, having these regrets with the decision that she made. <laughs> I don't know. It feels really just twisted. It just feels like it just feels like they can't quite tell this story. Like, because mm-hmm. 
to me, it's like, it's so realistic if Joey has to deal with the fact that she's like not the person that's there for Dawson like that anymore. Yeah. That yeah. like she's not the only, or she's not the only person there that's there for yeah. Dawson like that. Like, and that's a hard and also, place like, to be. what it means to be his best friend like now, you know? Mm-hmm. And like what it means to be his best friend will constantly be evolving and changing as they grow and evolve and change. Absolutely. So that's fine. That's totally fine. But she's acting like they will always be those kids in the bedroom. Right. And like, I get that there is like a true sadness when you realize for the first time that like a friendship has changed. Mm -hmm. I get that. But then also looking back, like I'm like, but that's true. Like it, they do change. All of all friendships change always because all relationships change, and that's like yeah. okay. It's not a bad thing. And so there's this part of me that's like kind of mourns. Like this could have been a really interesting, poignant storyline about like how friendships, yeah, how friendships change. You know exactly how they. I mean, the whole thesis of this show is like, how do friendships survive the sexual awakening? <laughs> Let's delve into that. How (laughs) do they survive, you know? Yeah. And it's like just constantly being, you know, trying to hold it in the past is not how they survive. And, and, you know, Joey, so Joey's like, you know, you've been in hell the last three days and I should have been there, but like, where was I? And I kind of hate this narrative where she starts to like fall into this, like blaming herself, like, oh, I was off. Like she knows I was off having sex with Pacey and I really should have been here with Dawson. And it's like, no, you shouldn't have sex with your boyfriend. Like Dawson was fine. There were other people taking care of Dawson. And you having sex with Pacey had nothing to do with the fact that Mr. Brooks died. Even though the show apparently wants to tie those two things together. (laughs) That's but no. And and Joey kind of goes into this like, you know, I've made these big choices and big decisions. And like, sometimes I feel like I'm going to wake up one day and realize all there ever was was friendship. And if I wasn't any good at that, where does that leave me? And I do like that sentiment. I love that. And I think that they're both grappling with that same part of their life right now of like, you know, we've destroyed like this really good friendship and like we don't want it to be like that and like you know Dawson's deciding like well maybe me saying to Joey like I don't think I can be friends with you like actually was just me trying to hurt her Mm -hmm. and maybe I don't feel that way anymore and Joey's thinking that like her she hasn't been a good friend to Dawson you know and that like she sacrificed too much like by choosing Pacey and she'll never be friends with him again. And like, they're just on these different levels of like Mm -hmm. what friendship means. Yeah. But also, I mean, my note was like, but she and Pacey are friends too. Like she and Pacey started off as friends in season three as well. They didn't just like dive into romance. So Mm -hmm. like, and you know, like I said, friendships change, they grow, they adjust to like different lives and, and the different lives we're living and like that's not a bad thing and I really I the part of it that I don't like is that you can kind of see Joey beating herself up that she wasn't mm-hmm. there for Dawson because she was having sex with Pacey almost yes. like she's being punished and I'm like yeah. no I know <laughs> I don't like that so it's weird because I feel like the show is so close to like making a great point and then like must always come back to this like Dawson and Joey, you know, like mm-hmm. 
and, and Joey like, punishing herself, you know, like because Dawson got hurt at one point. Not, it's not like, even well, Joey about got how hurt many times too. Joey got hurt. Yeah, I exactly. know. <laughs> she got hurt anyway. by be putting in the position where she had to choose a friend or like a romance. You know, like it's really hard that like even everyone prioritizes Dawson's feelings. It's yep. just like that's the way I always I mean, feel. Sh- she got hurt when he started dating Jen. She got hurt. And like, there's, there's complexity to that. Obviously he didn't know she liked him, whatever. Obviously but like, he was hurt when he was dating Eve. Yeah. It's like, you know, Joey's been hurt too. And she's not acting, you know, like it's the end of the mm-hmm. world. I mean, she does sometimes for an episode or two, but not for this long. <laughs> um, anyway. So Dawson then finally calls Joey, his best friend, which like, I yeah. like, because it's been so long since either of them has I said know. that to each other. Yeah. It, and it feels like, you're earned. Not a bad friend. Like, you know, you're my best friend. You always were. Yeah. And it's like, it kind of broke my heart because you realize that he was saying those things to her. Like, I don't know if we could be friends or whatever. While they, they were true at the time, they also were, he was saying that to hurt her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Dawson just says this thing where he's like, you know, no matter where you are, where your life takes you or who you're with, and she finishes for him. You're always going to have a piece of my heart. And it's and like, like, yes, why you can admit this to Dawson and not to Pacey. And totally true. And like, that's the thing. I mean, like, I was telling Aaron this before we got on this, before we started recording. But like, I had a Zoom like the other day with a bunch of group of friends from high school who I've like seen maybe once or twice since high school. And like, we kind of all caught up. And like, I had this moment too, where I'm like, all of those people own a small piece of my heart even though yeah. some of them I haven't seen in 20 years. Yeah. And like, that's just the truth of people that are come through our lives, even if they don't stay there. It's like, I know. it's okay. It's okay I that know. like, I'm not really friends with those people anymore. I have no bad feelings for them. And you have love for them. Because I'm so of glad they're happy. If you had with them in the past, you know, this part and- of your life you shared together. And that's, like, totally okay. And, like, there's this part of me that I think, like, I wish that the show really explored that. And, like, it kind of does sometimes. And I think that's where I get frustrated as I'm, like, you're so close to, like, grappling with what this really feels like. And then some, and then you just have to throw this other shit in. Well, yeah, I feel like they talked about it in the last episode where Andy Griffith's like, you know, there's always going to be that piece of Brooks that had Ellie's a piece of Ellie's heart, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, so fucking what? Yes, I'd fucking hope so. Like, I hope yeah. that there are like multiple loves and all these. There's no shortage of the people that can love you. There's no shortage of the people you can love back. Like, why mm-hmm. do we have to act like there's scarcity in love? There isn't. There, there isn't. is no scarcity in love. Okay. So nope. like this idea that it's like, you're going to always love someone else or whatever. Like that, that being a bad thing is problematic, you know, and that's the way Joey takes it. And the thing is, I don't, there's, it's a truth. And like, I wish that she could acknowledge that, like to Pacey, who's brought it up now two times of like, there's always this element of Dawson in the room. And I wish we could just talk about it, you know? And like Pacey talks about it so clumsily because he's the only one doing it. Right. Yeah, totally. But Dawson and Joey have this cute moment where they're both like, not a huge piece. No, 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 not a huge piece. Like, just a little piece. I mean, it's kind of a nice, like, you remember that they actually, they don't have the chemistry that Katie Holmes and Josh Jackson have, like, the romantic chemistry, but they have a nice friend chemistry. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, they are actually 
good together as friends. Mm-hmm. And and then we get this cue of they can't take that away from me, um, or we're supposed to, which I'll play the Ella and Louis, Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong version because it's my favorite, but that's not the one on the show, but I don't care. Um, so we, and we go to this like montage like of a them. Weird montage. <laughs> They're like, I'm like, they're just like having one of those nights where you like walk around and talk and grab coffee yeah. and like, you know, just kind of like, I, I don't know. I had a, I grew up in a place that had a downtown. Yeah. And so like, you could just like walk and talk. Like that was like every single Friday and Saturday night. I can understand this happening, but yeah. it feels weird and out of place. It does. <laughs> in but this, like, you know, thing. And you're like, okay, we're just having like them building their friendship again, I guess is what we're supposed to take away from this montage. But since we've never seen these places that they go, right. it doesn't, it doesn't hold the gravitas that it should. Totally. But it felt very much like I recognize this kind of night every single Friday and Saturday night. And when I was in high school was spent walking up and down. I don't think I definitely agree with that. But have you ever seen this happen on Dawson's Creek? Nope. Nope. (laughs) So they after they wander, they end up back at the movie theater and Dawson's like, okay, well, like, good night. And Mm -hmm. Joey thanks him for a lovely night. And like, as she walks away, she stops. Yeah. And she's like about to tell him, don't you think? Uh-huh. I do think. Yeah. And Dawson asks if something happened on the ski trip. Yeah. she She's like, Dawson. And he, right, as he's like, hey. And then she's like, you go first. And this is a problem she always does. She tells yeah. the other person to go first and then she chickens out, you know? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you get the vibe she's going to tell Dawson, you know? Like, yeah. okay, we're best friends. She wants to tell someone. She has yet to tell someone this has happened. Like, again, right. at the beginning, she has no fucking friends. Like, Dawson is her only friend. She wants right. to talk to someone about this. Oh, yeah. And that's something that you, like, you're like, I got to tell someone this happened. I know. Like, you <laughs> yeah. just want to talk to someone about yeah. this, you mm-hmm. know? And so she's like, okay, you go first. And he's like, <sighs> like, I don't think I should ask. This is a little bit weird. But, like, did s- and you don't have to answer this. But did something happen on the ski trip? And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, I feel like something happened. And like, you you know, you don't have to answer this, but did you have sex with Pacey? And so here's the thing that I want to say. I am with all of the people that say that Dawson in season four starts to redeem himself from season three until this moment, which (laughs) I feel is inexcusable. It's super weird and hard because, like, at the beginning of the season, he said that knowing that would kill him, you know? Mm -hmm. So are we supposed to think that now he's in a better place where he, like, is like, okay, I want to be friends with you, Joey. You're my best friend. And I want to, like, I want to be a best friend to you. And so, like, did you have, have you had sex with Pacey? Like, let's talk Mm -hmm. about best friend things because I know that there's no one else you could talk to about this. It just feels weird that it's Dawson asking this question after Mm -hmm. the whole, like, you look different, like Mm -hmm. something's changed, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's just such the male gaze of it. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Because, like, Joey then deflects and is kind of like, she's not like pissed, but she's kind of like. I mean, why are you asking me that? Like, what like, if it's I asked you? a personal question. Yeah, and he's like, like yes, it is. Like, I totally agree. And she's like, well, what if I asked you if you slept with Gretchen? And he's like, well, the answer would be no. And you're like, oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> I kind of have like- to say, 
it's like kind of a manipulative that he's like, well, I would just tell you no. Like I he, know that's what I was going to say is that like, that's not what she's saying. She's like, this is a personal question. Like, how would you feel if I asked you that? Not yeah. what would the answer be? How right. would you feel about that? Yeah. And Dawson's like, you know, it's personal and it's none of my business. True. And he like apologizes. And then, you know, then he <laughs> sets her free. Does he set her free yet again? Is that what happens right now? Kind of like, I just want you to know I'm not holding, you know, to you to the past. Like, it's weird because they're talking about a parent conversation we never saw on TV, yeah. but we're supposed to assume existed where they made an agreement. They were going to lose their virginity to each other. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, we did not see that. We didn't see that. No. Nope. Okay. And like, and he's like, I'm not holding you to things you said in the past. Like, I just want you to be happy. And sometimes you make a promise and then and you mean it at the time. But then things change. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is weird. This is where it yeah. takes like a real bad a turn real for turn. me. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, oh, my God, because, again, they're talking about this weird thing that we never saw happen. And yeah. like we could be- like, I believe Joey always thought she would lose her virginity to Dawson because she yeah. like built him up into her head. So I totally believe that. But now they're acting like they flat out had a conversation about it and they like made a promise, made a to, promise each to each other. Nope. Oh, my God. That's so disgusting. Yeah and instead of joey just obviously she's not on the hook for that fucking promise they made you psycho it's the same thing of being like you promised you'd go to junior prom with me like three years ago so you better do it and here's some diamond earrings like oh no so joey instead of walking away and not speaking to him again is like a few years ago if someone like told me we were going to have this conversation i would have said they were crazy um and like legit says it basically like yeah. that and uses she says like i would have thought that they were in an asylum or something and she's like you know and things don't didn't turn out how i thought and she's like stride out says like if you asked me a few years ago who the first person i was gonna have sex with like i i would have said you yeah every part of me would have said you and you're just like yeah. and he's and like then- what the fuck are you talking about? This yeah. You're not listening to what I just said. Like, what do you mean? You know? And it's like, it's hard because like they have such weird communication as well. Like Joey's a yeah. bad communicator and Dawson is too. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, it's really weird to watch because he like, I agree that he's kind of like, you're free to fuck whoever you want. You know, and you're mm-hmm. like, shut up. That is so gross. But he also is saying like, look, we're best friends. I want to try to make this space for us to talk about this, you know? And they, like, don't trust each other. Right. Joey does not trust that if she actually answers this question, that it's going to be a safe space. Mm -hmm. Because she has before brought things to him and he has freaked the fuck out. (laughs) Freaked the fuck out on her. And... So she Dawson's like, well, what are you saying? Because she kind of like rambles on and he's like, what are you even saying right now? And then she just fucking lies to him. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, we didn't have sex. I have not slept with Pacey. And like, first of all, Dawson, you're a fucking moron. They are going to Pacey and Joey are breaking up. I can't believe she did that. I can't believe she lied to him. Yeah. 
I can't believe she flat out, she lied to both of them, yep. <laughs> Pacey and Dawson now. Yep. So like what, how do you think, just Joey, walk me through this. How <laughs> are you not hurting someone by lying to them? Just, just someone explain that to me. <sighs> he I, obviously asked himself, okay, I'm ready to, I, I could, I, this wouldn't kill me, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So he, I don't really feel like he would have been really hurt, like in the way she thinks by him, her saying, yes, I've had sex with Pacey. Personally, I'd be like, you know what? I just think that like for our friendship, it's better that we don't talk about this stuff. You know, yeah. that's the way I would have handled it. I don't, I think that there's a way to not answer that question without lying. I agree with you. And I think that's what should have happened. And I yeah. think, I think she absolutely should not have answered this question. No, I, I don't she doesn't trust him yet. And like, it's Dawson has a weird morality around sex. And like, it's just like, like Pacey said, like, why can't they just have, why can't Pacey and Joey have sex without Dawson being involved? So like, don't involve Dawson in your sex life. Pacey already asked for that boundary. So just say like, look, I think it's better if we don't talk about this stuff. Like you're my best friend. I love that. But I just, I'd I'd rather keep this off the table. Totally. I agree. Leave it at that. I agree with you totally. And he, like, hears her, and he lets out a sigh, and he's like, oh, sorry. Like, that, yeah, that was a sigh of relief, you know? But, like... um, Which makes Joey look totally pained. I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's where I... I I mean, I'm I'm with you that I'm pissed that Joey does this, but also, Mm -hmm. like, there's nothing in how Dawson reacts when she does lie to him that that gives it away that, like, she actually has a safe space here. Because he's like, that was a sigh of relief. And she's like, oh, God, like, okay, so that was the right thing to do, you know, in her head. And like, and like, I can't totally blame her for that. I mean, except that she just should have said, like, we we shouldn't talk about this. Yeah. Like Pacey said, he doesn't want you involved in our sex life. So I'm not going to allow you to be involved in our sex life. Whether or not we have one, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, I don't, I wouldn't lay it out like that, but that's what I'd be thinking. Like, okay, well, Pacey's like, I want to be able to have sex with the girlfriend, my girlfriend that I love and not have Dawson be involved in this. So I would look at that and be like, okay, like, you know what? I don't want you involved in my sex life, Dawson. That's it. (laughs) Period. The end. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) So Joey, so so Joey's like, okay, well, bye. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, good night. And she's like, good night, you know? And it's hard because like, I don't know if he would have been hurt by the truth. I definitely think he's going to end up being more hurt that she lied, you know, because sure, she lied. But that's also a lesson that you have to learn after you lie to people. I mean, I definitely agree, but she's a liar. <laughs> she lies all the time. So she never know, learned I that know. lesson. I know. I know. But also, like, it kind of pains me, too. And it just kind of sucks because, like, they had had such a nice evening. Mm-hmm. And I and, and like, he, like, ate it like that. And then he made made it, like, mm-hmm. and then he brought this up and kind of, like, and he's so transactive. He literally told her what she's been waiting a year to hear. You're my best friend. Yeah. And then she's like, feels like that is what, that's what she's wanted. She's wanted that a whole year to be like, okay, we're still best friends. Right. And then to like ask this question in a way, it's like so transactive. And of course she's going to be like, well, I don't want to lose what I've worked this hard to get. So like, right. I don't want to tell you. But right. again, it's hard that she like lies she's on the hook for tailing Pacey. Of course I would tell him the truth. I'd have to, right. You know? So then like, 
you know, again, it's like she's always prioritizing Dawson's feelings over Pacey's. Yeah. Yeah. And and over her own, too. Like, that's the right. thing, too, is it's like, prioritize yourself, Jolie. <laughs> like, what do yeah, you want? Yeah, totally. I know. You know, like, like I'm kind of like... I mean, yeah, Pacey's your boyfriend and you do owe him. And and Dawson's your friend and you owe him certain, certain like, kindnesses. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but what the fuck do you want? Because it's, because right now I'm not 100% clear. It's like, at the end of last episode, she had this declaration of like, no, I want to have sex with you. And let me tell you all the reasons, like in specificity, let me tell you all the reasons I want to have sex with you. In this moment that, like, <laughs> we've gotten so much, like, feedback from that people are like, <laughs> I had forgotten what a mess that episode was because <laughs> the last scene is so good it overshadows it. And I'm like, yeah, 100% yes. I get it. Yes. <laughs> That's true. 100%. That scene is so good that it makes yeah. up for the like the fact that the rest of the episode of is an unmitigated disaster. Yes. <laughs> like, just absolutely. Yeah. And, and, like... It sucks that immediately the show does not let her stick with that feeling. I know. That sucks. And the audience as well. Right. Like, I just remember watching this in 2001 and being like, oh, my God. Like, I was so upset that Joey lied, you know? Like, it overshadowed how upset I was that Dawson even asked. Like, I was like, I cannot believe she lied. Because you can just deflect, you know? And then I was just like, oh my god, they're gonna break up. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Yeah, so after, as they leave, we pan up and go out on the marquee that says His Girl Friday, which, like, is some Mm. kind of comment that I don't really understand, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Well, they always call... Dawson's lover, his girl Friday, right? Yeah. There's they did a, that in the there's a comment, episode. Yeah, there's a comment about, you know, his girl Friday is now yours. Yeah. Um, that Jen says in, to Pacey and Pacey or something. Yeah. 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 It's about Joey. Exactly. Yeah. Pacey thinks Jen's talking about her, and jo- Jen's like, I'm not talking about me. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) because Jen, a queen, knows things. Mm -hmm. Anyway, anyway, it sucks. This episode sucks, and I don't know. It's sad that like Joey has to be punished for having sex. Like, why can't they just have like a good episode? And also, why can't you know? I think it's really interesting to explore like the awkwardness of like the day after you have sex yeah. for the first time, particularly with someone that you love like that, because like, yeah, that is a fucking it's a it's a step. I mean, yeah, and like, a big your one is and- completely different now. <laughs> like, you know, you've now become like a sexual person and you're like in this new phase of a relationship in a place you've never been before. Totally. And I think that that comes with anxiety. And I wish that as a person who was a teen girl at the time, I wish that, like, you had explored actually Joey's point of view from it. Mm-hmm. Like, god damn, put Gina and Maggie Freeman and, like, all the other women on these episodes dealing with it from Joey's perspective. Like, that's what I want. Absolutely. I know. Instead of it, like, being this really toxic narrative of, like, you look different now. Yeah. Have you had sex? And it's like, whoa, 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 like, whoa, whoa. I don't think you should ever ask that ever. <laughs> like, I don't think you should ever, ever ask anyone that. 
I I don't ask people that. And people like to share their sex lives with me for some reason. <sighs> I'm just going to go out on the limb and tell you that I almost never want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can yeah, share it's... what you want, but like, I almost never am looking for answers to those questions. <laughs> they just appear on my lap and I'm like, okay, well, I know that now about you. <laughs> so. So who are you rooting for? Well, I'm rooting for Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, there I'm we have it. for Pacey. Gosh. Yeah, I feel like I'm rooting for Pacey. It's okay. hard to like watch Joey treat him like this. <laughs> I, I, I have Pacey is a mixed bag for me in this episode because I think there are certain things that he does that I like don't like. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the season long, he's been like, you know, he's become this character that you're just like, okay, like, I guess we're supposed to go with this, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But then, like, when you watch how Joey treats him, like, I just see how, like, you would totally be riddled with insecurity. Like, he already is insecure that, like, he, like, feels like he made Joey give up her best friend, even though Dawson's the one that did that, you know? And Joey's the one who made yeah. that choice, you know? Yeah. Um, And then just, like, Joey like constantly chooses everyone else's feelings over his and over her own. And like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like so hard to watch. I, Especially no, I agree. If he says like this love story that for like teen girls is like, just like this love story that we all look up to, to watch their actual romance play out like this. I feel like it's so toxic and, and it's sad and hard to watch and just like a disservice to the viewers. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that part because I think like, I mean, I, I, I'm into our characters not being perfect and not behaving perfectly. I mean, that's very real, but also like, I mean, I've said this before and I think a lot of television, I I don't know. I think television has gotten better about this, although it's not like it hasn't totally fixed this problem, but it's like, let your fucking characters be happy, man. I know. Like, like, I don't think that Joey and Pacey need a point of contention or a point of conflict in every single episode. I know. Why can't they just be a fucking team sometimes? I know. <laughs> That's fun to watch, too. <laughs> like, yeah. I get it. And I get that, like, any couple is going to fight and any couple is going to have points of, like, disagreement and points of contention. And you can make that you can you can tell really interesting stories with that and i think that those are important as well but like you know these it just sucks it really does suck that like the narrative around the, these two people's first time having sex and like this is a major character in the show it's the first mm-hmm. virginity loss that we've had since like episode 3 of season 1 that's like a main character at the i mean i guess andy yeah in season two but like we don't really see that as much but like of our core four it's Mm -hmm. like the first one since pacey lost his virginity in episode three yeah or two or whatever two yeah yeah and like and like so i get that it's a big deal and then the the narrative around it is just like everything's uncomfortable and awful yeah and it's like man 
I get it that sometimes it is it's like hard that, because as like, a girl, you're already scared to lose your virginity. And then yeah. you see these storytellings where it's like, then it's a really shitty right after it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, I always think about when Buffy loses her virginity. Sorry, spoilers if no one's seen Buffy, but, um, and like, you know, the metaphor of Buffy, the vampire slayer of high school as hell there's a great metaphor that happens when Buffy loses her virginity and Angel turns in back into a literal demon. I know. <laughs> you know, and like there is this great metaphor. And then there's also a part of me and like it's I mean, that season of Buffy is one of the best seasons of television ever made. But like there's this part of me that's like, God damn it, I hate that narrative. Like yeah. I as much as I love those episodes and I love that season and I love what happens, it's that same thing where like so he turns into a literal demon after you sleep with him. Like, mm-hmm. come on. But mm-hmm. that's all, that's what we were getting. I mean, I know. And it's fucked up and it's really hard to watch, you know, and we're supposed to be like disgusted about Pacey wanting to talk about like her pleasure and like, it's super clunky and it is gross, but like there should be a way in an avenue in which you can talk about like your sexuality and your sexual desires with your partner and like what mm-hmm. you like and what you don't like and how it mm-hmm. felt and how you want it to feel, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, yes, the way it happens at the beginning where he's like a- asking her if she had an orgasm is fucking weird. And like at the time I was like, <laughs> this is just like weird, you know, <laughs> yeah. but like the sentiment around it, it's like a disservice to even male characters because the sentiment around it should be there. Like there For should sure. be a way in which you can talk about, about these things to your partner you know and the person you're having sex with like and and frankly you should be talking about those things you know like and you need to start somewhere so of course it's going to be clunky and gross and awkward but like it like to me it feels a little bit brave to even like broach the issue oh 100 percent. and like and to give credit where credit's due with this episode like there was never this was the first time on a high school show i think i can say without much without thinking that I might be wrong that like you talked about a girl's pleasure. Right. You know what I mean? And like, that's in and of itself. That is a huge leap forward that like that a a male character who is having sex with a woman is like, I want to make sure who is a teenager is like, I want to make sure that you're having fun too. Yeah. That you're satisfied as well. And I think, yes, the the conversation that we were having and, and, you know, is a more nuanced conversation, which is like sex can be good even without orgasms. Mm -hmm. But like, and I get it when you're, when you're 17, like, the nuance is like not as there. Yeah. <laughs> you have no skill of how to talk about these things, you know? And you just also don't have the same experience. Like you don't have that amount of experience. Even yeah. if Pacey has had a lot of sex with like, a- I'm just going to say Andy. Cause I refuse to call what hey, yeah, he yeah, and yeah, Ms. Yeah. Jacobs did sex. Yeah. But like, you know, we- we're led to believe that he and Andy had quite a bit of sex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he does have some, you know, some experience but it's like even still it's not like when you're 25 or 35 or you know whatever where you're like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah there's like a lot of experience to draw from exactly. and you know i know 
I know how good this can be even without those milestones and it's fine. Like, yeah. And there's experience in communication as well as experience in yeah. sex, like, you know, so all of it. Yeah. yeah. And then moreover, just like on the larger scale, I feel because the show is like so written from the male gaze, it's like, well, Pacey took Dawson's girl and like, so he's a shitty ass dude. So we're going to like make his character be this like unrecognizable person and like kind of yeah. this like, gross guy that's like a you know a bad person and Mm -hmm. to me that just feels like the male gaze like destroying you know tearing down another man for this like perception of ownership over a girl and like for possibly giving your girl pleasure Mm -hmm. yeah or taking the other ownership of joey's virginity that dawson was supposed to own that he even reiterated in this episode it's like Mm -hmm. ugh. You know, so they're like the turns of of Pacey's character that we've seen season long, like to me feel like men wanting to punish that character because of this discretion. It's fucking disgusting as well. Totally. Agreed. So there we go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. For our workforce bound, this is a long one from Heidi. I'm currently 34 years old and I wanted to be a teacher my entire childhood. I decided in kindergarten that's what I wanted to do and stuck with it all through college. During my final year of college while I was doing my student teaching, something changed in my brain. I'm not sure what and I'm not sure I'll ever know. I suddenly felt lost and disconnected from what I thought I'd wanted to do for so long. I loved my students, but the idea of teaching the same shit year after year, battling the pitfalls of our education system and dealing with parents for the rest of my life felt so suffocating. Because I had had this career path in my mind for so long, it was scary to no longer know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't feel comfortable discussing it with anyone because everyone around me still was still so set on their chosen career path. And my mom had this idea in her head of what my life would look like. Without a new career path in mind and not wanting to rack up more student debt by redirecting and taking more classes, delaying graduation, etc., I choose to finish out my final year and graduate with a teaching degree, English major, elementary education minor, knowing damn well I wouldn't pursue it. Moving home was hard because my mom was breathing down my neck to establish to work on establishing myself in a classroom since that's what my degree was in and what I wanted to do for so long. Neither of my parents attended college and we were very poor throughout my childhood. So having a child graduate college was a big deal to my mom. My dad was deceased at by this time. Her heart was in the right place, but she had very a very specific vision of what me being successful looked like to her. To this day, I've never had the discussion to tell her why I'm not a teacher. She finally gave up on the idea and didn't doesn't push it anymore, but she still doesn't know why. I worked dead-end jobs and that I was way overqualified and underpaid for. I fell into questionable lifestyles, partying too much, drinking drugs, etc., because I felt so lost and really had no plan. Finally, five years ago, I got a new job in corporate America. I actually just celebrated five years ago, a few days ago. Congratulations. Which is the longest I've ever stuck with a single company. It wasn't what I envisioned myself doing, but it paid decently well. So I decided to give it a chance. I was almost 30 at the time and I felt I needed to try something, anything to figure out if it would be a permanent place for me. Fortunately, after starting my initial position, I fell into my current position. Literally by chance, I corrected someone's comma usage and mentioned I had majored in English. And he said to me, hey, my friend has an open position. I think you would be a good fit for you. I applied, was hired, and transitioned to my new position 
shortly thereafter. And it's the best thing I could have happened. I never felt so happy in my, I've never felt so happy in a position. My job is fantastic. I'm able to use my degree, the English portion anyway, the teaching degree is a moot point by now. Um, And the things that I work on are constantly changing, which holds my interest and provides me with ongoing challenges. I'm part of a project managed team. We handle internal and external communications for the company. And I also work with performance metrics, analyzing reports, um, documenting, drafting, proofreading, updating, and a myriad of other random projects that arise. I'm constantly learning new things about the ins and outs of how different areas operate. And I work with a revolving group of people departments, which is great for the social butterfly that lives within me. Do I make the best money in the world? No. Could I make more money doing something else? Absolutely. But I'm happy. I live comfortably and I'm able to pay for the things that I need and want and stash some money aside along the way. In the last six months, I've adopted a puppy, bought a house, and I finally feel successful. It took me until I was almost 35 to really feel stable and like my life was on track, but I made it. To this day, however, I still feel a tinge of embarrassment over the fact that I didn't have my whole life figured out when I was 17. (laughs) I think that's a huge societal problem. Why do we put that pressure on literal children to to the point that even half a lifetime later, it still feels like I've somehow failed? Why does society make young people feel like it's bad to change your mind or to take longer to figure out what you want to do? I don't know the answers to these questions, but I do know that it's important to talk about it and give space to those who don't have it all figured out, or in my case, who think they have it figured out and realize much later that they don't. Yeah, man, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I agree. I think it's interesting because... I think for me, I majored in English and history. I have a double major. Um, And, you know, there was kind of going into it. And I did it just because I love those two things. And I love how they intersect. And I love how, you know, the literature of an age tells us, informs us about what was happening um, in the history of that age and vice versa, you know. So so there's a part of me that, like, really gets where this person is coming. I'm sorry. Will you repeat the name? Heidi. 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 Where Heidi's coming from. Um, and uh, I think, th- but I also think you're right. I mean, I think that there's, uh, I had to learn, I had to learn and teach myself how I wanted to categorize my success and mm-hmm. categorize what I thought as of as success. And particularly like I'm in a spot now where like, I make it a fine amount of money. I can live off the amount of money I live. I, I make, but most of my friends make significantly more money than I do. Um, mm-hmm. Like double, sometimes triple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, I, there are times when I have to really remind myself that like, you know, that's okay. And you are doing what you need to do and, and, you know, or want to do. And, and so reminding myself you just need to of, check in with your defi- definition of success, you know? Yeah. And reminding myself of what my definition of success mm-hmm. is and if I'm achieving that. And I think that's really hard. I think that's really, really hard. And particularly, I don't know what it's like to be a first generation college kid, but I can only imagine that like that There's only makes it pressure. harder. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I have parents and family members and stuff who 
Um, I come from actually a different background where all of my family members are so successful and have so much education mm-hmm. that like it can kind of feel like, oh, I'm not really doing anything like shit, <laughs> you know? Um, and like, so I feel that. And I had an experience recently where I was redoing my resume and I, I like read it and I was like, oh, I actually have like a pretty impressive resume. Yeah. <laughs> But like it took me actually like spending the time on doing it to be like, oh, Julia, like you actually have a lot of skills like, yeah, you know, and and so I think that there's I think that that's. I mean, I'm just going to say it. I think for women, that is a huge problem. I, it's not that I don't yeah. think it's a problem for men, but I think that for women, it is a very big problem. Absolutely. Definitely. To like discount what your experiences are, you know, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. to act like some experiences don't matter on your resumes, particularly like ones that maybe you don't get paid for, you don't get paid that much money for, you know, um, those are also problematic too. Totally. Um, you know, uh, yeah. And I think just even I've no, I've told in my adult life to so many people, like you get to define what sex- success means to you. Like, I don't know. I've been an anti-capitalist for a long time so I'm just like money doesn't really answer everything and like even like studies have shown like you know you kind of maximize your like happiness at like around like a hundred thousand dollars so like you know it's like diminishing returns like you get to define that if that will make you happy great but like I don't know if it like you know that pursuit is going to answer the question of happiness if you haven't if you haven't laid out the parameters of what happiness looks like and means to you. Oh, yeah. And also, I just want to say, like, let yourself off the hook for the fact that you have a minor in childhood education and you didn't use it. It's fine. It, oh, you definitely. Know. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I, lucky to be raised by, like, people that were like, yeah, like, my dad's like, my degree's in, um, you know, European history. And he's like a computer person, like, <laughs> did R&D and stuff like that. And my mom's like, my degree's in French literature. So, like, it kind of, you just kind of do whatever the fuck you want. Like, that's how I was raised, at least by my parents. And they're like, if you know what you want to do, you definitely want to pursue that. Like, but if you don't, just, like, do what, like, if you're paying that money, do what you're interested in. Um yeah. And it is a weird obsession to be like, you should be driven and know what you want and you can't change. Yeah. Like, again, like I've said, like we literally enter the workforce for like 50 years. Like you should be given the like space and it should actually be encouraged to change and to seek out new things that might bring you joy, particularly in the modern age where jobs are being eliminated by robots and computers. Sure. Yeah. And also, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I, I have a couple of reactions to what you just said. Number one, some of that is privilege, right? Jen. Yeah, of course. The Jen, the Jen that I live with and I come from two different socioeconomic backgrounds and she has a degree in accounting and is an accountant um, as a CPA. And, you know, I mean, she's a CFO of a company yeah. of a company. And, you know, I know she said like, it's not that she doesn't love accounting. She does, but she's also like, would have loved to have studied religion. And I was like, I got to make this choice to like study English literature and European mm-hmm. history and be like, I just want to learn about Dickens and Jane Austen yeah. and like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. William Thackeray and like, you know, whatever. And like, I did get to kind of make this decision because I knew that no matter where I landed, I had a support network. And so I, I want to just acknowledge that there's some privilege yes. in that. Um, But also to go off what you're saying, too. Yeah, I have an uncle who, you know, has an MBA from MIT Sloan School of Business, which is like the number one or number two business school in the country. 
but his degree is in anthropology um cultural anthropology so like you know it's like it it, it, there's a part of it that doesn't matter you know this Mm -hmm. is a person who now consults and like you know makes a significant amount of money in silicon valley um Mm -hmm. most of my relatives work in in um tech in, in the silicon valley but um but the ones that aren't teachers, um, <laughs> they all work in tech. And so I think I think there's a way in which like knowing that that's where your interest lies and then saying like, OK, and then like this is the thing that I'm going to do. That's totally cool. That's totally yeah. fine. And if English literature is your interest, that's so great. And there's so much stuff out there that is like, I mean, obviously, I know this because of my job. There's so much like reading nerd stuff out there that like you can you can scratch those itches even if that's not what you're doing with your life and as someone who loves reading and loves books and works in publishing I want to say to anyone who's thinking about that like that's not all fun and games either there are things (laughs) I mean there are things that can ruin books for you when you actually Mm -hmm. work in publishing particularly authors um, can like ruin your ideas about books because you're like, yeah. I don't want to deal with this person and their ego anymore. Right. Yeah. Or even just like the markets and stuff like that. I have that problem sometimes where it's like, I hate that we live in a world where the market for this book that I think is so fucking great is almost mm-hmm. zero. Right. And the market for this other book that like is absolute trash is like a bajillion people yeah <laughs> it can be very disheartening right so or like seeing how much of but non-profit budgets go to administration and not actually servicing their mission you know how it can i mean be a little bit disheartening <laughs> you said it you said yeah it. <laughs> so definitely so I, yeah you know it i also think there's another element to privilege that like i don't she didn't touch on but i, I felt it was that like the way that I was raised with, with, with people with all different types of jobs and all different experiences. So it'd Mm -hmm. be easy to imagine a way to pivot because you know, all of, you've seen all these different types of jobs. So it'd feel less scary to be like, I want to be a teacher my whole life. Oh, I don't want to do that. Well, what would I do? Like, what are the jobs that exist out there? And you have like more of a a knowledge base just from like your, your privilege of growing up that like, I know, I talk to my fiance a lot. I have like such a different experience around that than he does mm-hmm. because of the class he was um, raised in. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, you know, those are the privileges that I don't think get acknowledged enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, Heidi, dog pics, um, send them yeah. our way. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. We're, we, you know, we're not monsters. We love a, we love a puppy picture. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> totally amazing well thank you everyone for listening thank you for being here stay safe Uh, what a time to be alive i hope in the u.s you're got your vaccine vaccine appointment or if you're already on the track to being vaccinated we've you know (laughs) we gotta do it so i don't know as of yesterday or no two days ago i'm fully vaccinated and like waited yeah, the two the weeks two and everything weeks. yeah, yeah. so I'm getting my second shot next thursday so okay. that's very exciting <laughs> you so know. we might have a we might have our special joey's virginity episode <laughs> 
kills yeah, Neff exactly. if, if Aaron gets <laughs> knocked out gets by this vaccine. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. totally. Ugh. Um, but yeah, you know, worth it. Worth it. Yeah, definitely. And also, like, what a great experience to have free healthcare in the U.S. Hey. Hold on to that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> and remember it every time you vote, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. I, um, I like that. I like that, Aaron. I really yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah black lives matter god we really need to defund that police don't we Oof, all of them boy just boy if, if this week has taught us anything it's that they are certainly not helping us in any <laughs> there are way shape or not form bad apples there are only mm. bad trees come on mm. get out of here yeah <laughs> you know stop asian hate gosh mm. There's a lot of stuff happening in the world and, you know, we're here trying to make it better. <laughs> so yep. stay safe, stay strong, stay dirty, stay nasty. <laughs> <laughs> you, better work you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. You can email us DawsonsCritique at gmail.com. We want to shout out our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at GoFreakingCrazy. You can follow my Finsta at Aaron.Hensley. Uh, we have merch, bit.ly slash Dawson's Critique. And as always, you can order our book, I Remember Everything, Life Lessons from Dawson's Creek, available wherever you get your books. Uh, let's shout out this week Broadway Books in Portland, Oregon, one of my favorite places. Um, they're a great store run by owned by two women. Just awesome. Broadway books. Uh, please like us, subscribe, write a review wherever it is you get your podcasts. Uh, we would like to thank those of you who have. Um, and, you know, it helps us a lot when you do. So thank you. Uh, you can find me online at Pesty1079. In normal times, we are recorded by Andrew Bush, who is a saint, and we would like to see his face again someday. Hopefully, Hopefully soon. soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse me. Um, Rarebird books can be found online at rarebirdlit.com or on social media at rarebirdlit. This has been a Rarebird production. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over.